0: little bit of paranoia welcome to the iron sissabin podcast welcome everybody to tonight's episode of the iron sissabin podcast i'm your host nate and joining me tonight is uncle mark with what i assume is tasty bourbon my fun buffalo
1: trace i actually have a bourbon emergency i've got maybe one more dose left
0: is that a burb burb emergency
1: a burb emergency sure is the music still going
0: yeah. That kinda. was weird. It'll keep going. Do you no. not hear it? All right. I, it's there's, like there's when totally you're... Music.
1: When you take the
0: the hearing test of the doctor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean, it's over now. Does that make you feel any better? I can play it again. No, let's well, not do that. That's long. It's a long intro. I always, I always fought with how long that intro should be, but I think it worked out.
1: It just... It went on much longer than it has in the past. Yeah, okay. But... Anyway, These fine nerds aren't here to hear, here's talk about the intro, right? Well, maybe they are. I don't know. Yeah, well, some I mean, are, you know. Some of my fans are weird.
0: It's valid, right? If people think the intro is too long, let us know. But I think it's good. I like it. Anyway, uh, let's see. So tonight, we've had a. I think it was our last episode, right? We talked about how we learn. And one of the things we uh, talked about, sounds as familiar. how we learn, is that we like to get our hands on software, right? And when mm-hmm. you get your hands on the software, you tinker with the software, you learn the software, right? Uh, there's a couple ways to get that done, but unfortunately, when you're talking about a career in IT, or a career as a sysadmin, or a career even as a developer in some cases, uh, the stuff that you need to learn is blocked behind very expensive licensing, right? And so a lot how of do you sure how do you get your hands on it to learn it? So what I wanted to do tonight was talk about a couple ways you could do so, and then I even went through and I made, I don't know, it's not exactly an exhaustive list, but it's a pretty big list of different pieces of software and where you can find demos and trials of, those, of that software. So we're going to go through and we're going to talk about each of these, um, and I want to caveat this with one thing. I didn't, like, call sales reps or whatever and ask about education licenses or anything like that, those may very well be options for several of these things, right? I didn't, like, dig that deep into each one of these. I did quick Google searches. I looked around their websites. Some of these companies made it very hard to find free versions of their software or demos of their software. So if I missed something, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) So um, first of all, I want to cover the obvious answer is if you're a student, right? You may already be a student, you may be enrolled in some institution of higher learning that has an IT program or has a comp sci program, Uh, there are special programs, and I don't mean software, but programs as in organized things um, for higher education that can get almost free software so that, that institutions can put it in the hands of students so those students come out the door already familiar with their software.
1: Right? That's, I think we call that already addicted to that particular. Yeah. So,
0: where some
1: of them believe that they honestly can't use a spreadsheet or write a word processing document unless the application is from Microsoft. Right,
0: right. So, but I mean, this is true for server side software. It's true for a lot of enterprise level software that's not just Excel and Word, right? Um, when I worked in higher ed, we had an educational site license that could basically be used for anything on campus. We used it for all of our enterprise stuff, and we could use it for learning. We could mm-hmm. use it for HPC stuff. If a student really wanted to use RHEL, we could probably set it up for them, right? So uh, just keep that in mind. If you're already a student, right, Ask. It can't hurt to ask. Ask your teacher. Ask, you know, your uh, uh, counselor. Is that the word they use now? You know, the person who helps you pick classes or whatever. I think so. Your advisor. Advisor. That's the word I'm looking for. Advisor. Um, And see if if you can get what you're looking for that way. Go ahead, Mark. So two things. Sure. Two Uh, things.
1: Non-topic. I can't read their name in the chat because it's fuzzy because of Riverside, but you might see it. Yeah. Looks like we have a fan who wants to know how they might be able to support us.
0: Oh. So... Well, so, there's a couple ways to support the show, and we'll cover this quickly because we usually talk about it a little more in-depth around the middle of the show. Uh, you can s- quite simply go to Patreon, patreon.com slash sysadmin and support us that way. Or if you would rather buy a shirt or something, we have a Teespring shop, and there's links for that that'll be in the notes of the show, but it's like teespring.com slash stores, I think, slash Iron Uh But yeah, go check and, that out. Yeah. That's the way to do that. And
1: it... And if you come a, if you become a patron, then you get you get a shout out every single show. Yeah. yeah. And if your name is really cool, we might make we might a big deal about of it. it. So <laughs> no, you know, we know we never make fun of them. No. But no. some of the names are a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. Like my buddy too. Yep. So, um uh, the other thing is, you know, we've talked about software, and we're gonna talk mostly about software. Uh, but if you're a student, there are sometimes also opportunities to buy hardware at a reduced cost. Yes. That is one way that a lot of people ended up with uh, Apple computers, especially in the 90s, because their educational discount was pretty significant. Yep. So that's that. That's another thing.
0: I can tell and you then... that at the place I worked, they had a desktop uh, machine rotation that was pretty severe. It was like once every three or five years. So you'd end up with a machine that was like used for by used by an office worker or something, right? Not high end, but a machine, CPU and memory that you could have gotten, you know, most of them went back on a truck, but they had programs where students could get their hands on if needed, especially kids that were wow. underprivileged, right? Apple
1: used to have a real, Apple used to have a very aggressively discounted program for new hardware too, too. but I don't know how that is nowadays.
0: What I was thinking of, like, I have a number of desktops sitting around here that I use for various things that came from the college, Mm -hmm. right? Completely above board. I didn't like sneak into some back room and steal them, right? Because that's not how I am. Right. Right. It was just like, we have, you know, X percentage have to go back, X percentage have to go away. (laughs) Right. And the go away is give to students, give to employees that need them. Students, of course, come first. But I've got a number of quote unquote servers that are just old desktops that were pretty horse or pretty heavy in horsepower.
1: Yeah, my prior job, they never really wanted the hardware back. Uh, the 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 equipment through Red Hat, I think every time I've gotten a laptop, it's been leased, so it has to go back. Yeah. But yeah. but at Merck, there was an awful lot of hardware that just got effectively obsoleted. Yeah. And if you wanted to take it to use, you know, as a home lab or something, that was not ever really an issue. The other, the other obvious answer um, before we start talking about, you know, getting demo versions or free versions of commercial things, <coughs> there's a huge amount of software that's legitimately legally free, you know, open source yep. and free software. You know, we talk about the free aspect of free as in freedom, we can look at the we can look at the source code, we can know what we're running. Yep. But this
0: is where the free as in beer is obviously we're gonna, really important. We're going to touch on a number of those too because there's there's a number of things that you can pay for. For example, Red Hat Inter- Enterprise Linux, right? You can pay for that. Or there's lots of mm-hmm. ways you can get it directly for free or you can get yeah. a derivative of it for free right and there's a lot a ton right. of open source programs that are pro- projects that are just like that so yeah. so we will touch on those too as we're going through the list now the other thing i want to touch on mainly because it's part of how i learned some software but i am not going to condone it and that is if you cannot find demo software you cannot find free copies of said software you may get creative and find other alternative methods to get a hold of software maybe you should have paid for. I'm not condoning piracy. I'm not condoning theft. However, in my heart, I feel like if the purpose is to learn a piece of software so that you can you can then later afford to purchase those things, eh, I don't know. That's kind of a gray area. Ask your own conscience. I, <laughs> Ask your own uh, legal so, terms. I can tell you Microsoft is probably not going to chase down some kid who pirated one copy Windows to learn it better, right? They're looking for the enterprises that are I mean, using it a lot. My Oracle I, might. I,
1: I, <laughs> I Yeah, friggin' Oracle. I hear you there, but honestly, open source is yes. in such a better place than it was years ago that for most applications or for most things, there is a very robust open source solution. Personally, Uh
0: in what pretty I, much every vertical. What I would say is if a software vendor does not make their software accessible to someone who wants to learn it to better themselves and to get a job, that software deserves to be inaccessible to those people, and it deserves to die. That's my take. That's <laughs> that's
1: harsh, and I'm not going to argue that. But you know, we're, I mean, you and I are both red hatters so we're we kind of come from the
0: same... Yes, yes, We're cut from the same cloth there. Right. So... All that out of the way, um, I've organized these into sort of categories. I started with operating systems. We're going to talk about VM stuff. We're going to talk about just sort of industry tools and software Um, and even cloud Mm -hmm. providers, right? Because believe it or not, cloud providers really want you to get addicted to their stuff. Uh, I mean, really want you oh, to learn their so stuff. much,
1: <laughs> so much.
0: So because in fact, that's
1: really that's that's really where a lot of that's where a lot of software dollars are going to be coming from. And the, already there's a lot of dollars flowing through that these serve these cloud services. But that's that's just going to become more and more so over time. Right. I right. really believe that.
0: Yep. So um, sorry, I just thought of something I wanted to add to the notes here. But uh, we're going to start with. Um, uh, the thing that we would obviously start with, and that's Red Hat Enterprise Linux, right? Um, we've talked about our backstories when we learned Red Hat Enterprise Linux or Red Hat Linux. It was just Red Hat Linux. There wasn't a pay version unless unless you considered the $20 or whatever you spent on a book that had RHEL in the back cover or Red Hat in the back cover, right, as a pay license. Um, but nowadays, if you truly want to learn official RHEL, there are... You know, obviously, you can go pay a couple hundred bucks to get a REL license. Probably don't want to do that. There's a developer sub. Sorry, subscription. Uh, there is a developer subscription, which includes REL and a couple of the add-ons, but not bigger things like Satellite. Mainly, it's the REL platform. things. You can you can do things like run containers in Podman and all the stuff that's included with RHEL. Um, I didn't get an exhaustive list of every single piece that's included in that, but I know Satellite's not, and that's a thing you might want to learn if you're learning REL. Maybe not at the beginning, but eventually you might want to learn that. Uh, Maybe. It doesn't include, like, insights, things like that, I don't think. Am I wrong there, Mark? Does it include uh, insights? I it think
1: the developer subscription might. Now, wh- so other than the fact that we're Red Hat Shills, why are we <laughs> saying you want to learn RHEL rather than, you know, well Ubuntu or is... any other, or SUS? Like,
0: why, why RHEL? I actually... Other, 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 you know why? I actually meant to include Ubuntu in the list, and either ran out of time or forgot. So I don't know if somebody in the chat wants to look up what like if there's a e- equivalent of a, uh, a free Ubuntu, or is it just go download Ubuntu Server? You don't get don't get support. I don't know how that works. Um, but for the the reason I would suggest Rel is because it is sort of the standard nowadays. I think it's the standard. Maybe it's maybe we're colored by that. I don't know. But um, it, there's also free editions of it that aren't necessarily um, supported by Red Hat, except CentOS is. But um, but like Alma Linux, Rocky Linux, things like that, those are effectively clones of RHEL. So it's it's kind of ubiquitous at this point. Right. I, I, what I was going
1: for is that if you want to get into enterprise IT the The probability is high that the Linux you'll be touching is is RHEL or some derivative of RHEL, or Whether that's right? one of the one, right, whether that's a downstream clone, whether that's Oracle Linux, which is an enterprise Linux based on RHEL, it's a downstream clone that's supported by Oracle, uh, stuff like that. And, and yeah you do see Debian and you know Debian's like the the, the older traditional server flavor of ubuntu you, you do see that in some shops but if you're if you needed to pick one Linux to learn you could only pick one then it's you're going to want to do a rel or a rel derivative that and that's why we say that and again this 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 the IronSys admin is not a red Hat production. We don't get bribed or told what we have to say from 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 Red Hat. Right. I I feel like we always have to be real careful when we yeah. when we talk so, about Red Hat on here. Uh, to, to but but I mean that's the industry. If I'm giving advice to yeah. somebody who's trying to break into Linux as their IT career, right now, for better or for worse, uh, RHEL is the most prevalent enterprise Linux.
0: And again. That may not sound like much coming from two Red Hatters. However, you need to remember that, believe it or not, a lot of people—you might even say most people—that work at Red Hat work at Red Hat because they liked Red Hat before they worked there. Just look at me and Mark's yeah. backstories, right? Both of us had a had a history in Red Hat before we were ever employees, right? Yeah. There's a reason for and that, bo- <laughs>
1: right? And we have some we have some input on Ubuntu, and uh, it's it's like I thought. But yeah. I'm glad someone's vetting it. Yep. It is free to use but you can buy support. I think Canonical provides the support. Canonical provides. They provide
0: yes. I I believe that's that yeah. would be and the that's, that's what I thought it was. I was going to get to that as soon as we were done talking explaining why we were talking about Red Hat. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Um so right, as I mentioned, uh, and, and as we just uncovered, yes, Ubuntu <sighs> there are excuse me, there are enterprises running on Ubuntu. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they don't exist. Um, if you want to learn Ubuntu, it's just like go get Ubuntu Server. It's not, you know, there's no, there's no, you're not forced to pay for a subscription. If you want support, then you want to get a subscription, which is very different than the Red Hat model. Although it's not quite different now that we have the developer sub, it's it's a different model. But it is it slightly. It's so sent.
1: Yeah, if you want to run, if you want to run RHEL and you don't want to jump through any sort of effort or paywall you got a couple of choices. The two most most, uh, mature downstream rebuilds of RHEL are Rocky Linux and Alma Linux. And for those of you who aren't familiar with a downstream rebuild is because Linux is open source, if you sell an open source product, you're obligated to make the source code available. And then whoever gets that source code can share it with anyone else they want to. That's completely legal. So what people have done, and and this is working as intended, is they've created versions of Linux that are essentially the RHEL source code with the branding stripped out, and they are as compatible with RHEL as possible, and people, a lot of companies or people will use that for learning or they'll use it for their sandbox or dev or test environment so that they don't have to pay production subscriptions for that. And that's just, that's fine. You can do that. That's there's no moral or legal qualms with that at all um so if, if if so so the 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 debian and rocky rebuilds are a way to get them without jumping the ropes if you want you mean alma
0: rel yeah, mean alma alma, did i say something you said debian, yeah, alma debian is the opposite of of a I it form. must be the
1: long covet kicking in <laughs> um <sighs> You've also mentioned uh, CentOS Stream and Fedora. Yes. Yeah, and they're positioned a little different. They're upstream of RHEL. Yeah. Fedora especially. Fedora is a fully community-run distribution. Yeah. Great for a desktop, and Red Hat will pull stuff from that to build the next RHEL So if
0: if you want the build that is just ahead of RHEL, you want CentOS. If you want to look into the... CentOS Stream. CentOS Stream. Um... If you want to look into the far distant future, you want to look at Fedora, right? Fedora is more like a desktop OS. You can run it as a server, but it's really it's, geared, it's geared as a desktop OS. Um, and, you know, as, as it should be. Sort of like Ubuntu is kind of geared as a desktop OS. And then there's a server version of it. Uh, Fedora is sort of like the, you know, the desktop that that feeds into CentOS. CentOS well, Stream is then like hardened and whatnot, and then that becomes RHEL. Go ahead, correct me again. Oh, Mark.
1: Fedor- well, no, uh, you, it, essentially yes, Fedora is a wonderful. The default Fedora is a wonderful uh graphical workstation, but they uh, there are specific build, Fedora yeah. builds for server. Yep. There's um there are Fedoras, Fedora builds that are like uh, you know, the core OS, the 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 immutable operating system where you where it's basically just it, it's the OS image and it's used as like the container or the underlying OS for like Kubernetes, stuff like that. And Fedora, actually, there there's tiny versions of it now, I believe, for like, you know, Internet of Things and whatnot.
0: Yep. There's apparently a Pi build for it now, too, I think. Yeah there, is a, yeah, there is a version for Pi. So uh, we've dwelled a whole bunch on Red Hat, as you'd expect us to, right? <laughs> yeah, we're going to run out of time. So, uh, so Welsh Welsh Lad in the chat, ha- I think that's how you pronounce that, Welsh One Lad, Welsh Lad, whatever, uh, in the chat, who apparently knows a whole lot more about Ubuntu than we do, has enumerated a number of things, one of which is that Ubuntu server is free, Ubuntu LTS is the long-term support, which might be a little more... Uh, com- comparable to the target of RHEL. Uh, that's also free. And then, of course, if you want support, you just pay Canonical, right? So um, Yeah, they'll, they'll help you out. So if you want to learn Linux on Ubuntu, just go grab Ubuntu. If you want to learn Linux on RHEL, there's a couple options. You can get the developer sub. You can get CentOS Stream. You could get Fedora, although Fedora is not going to be guaranteed to be the same as the current release of RHEL. Just keep that in mind. It's a good way to, like, if you want to run that on your desktop so that you're, like, immersed in that or in Linux, that might be a good way if you intend to run on RHEL. Uh, Those are all just, yeah. you know, right, some various options. Uh, he also said that, I assume with the name Lad, it's a he, that person in chat also said that uh, apparently Ubuntu is the, the most common uh, distribution run on the cloud. I wouldn't be
1: surprised about that because I, I'd,
0: I'd be curious where that where that statistic comes from because I know things like Amazon don't run RHEL or Ubuntu they run Amazon Linux which is surprisingly similar to RHEL. <laughs> See here, but
1: but here's something I've noticed. Uh, often when you find instructions to set yep. something up on Linux, the default instructions are going to assume you're using Ubuntu.
0: Yeah, because a lot of hobbyists run ubuntu is my take on that
1: right and i and i think what's kind of happened is that the folk who who have organically been picking linux up uh, and 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 ubuntu has developed with these folk in mind will grab ubuntu first and then and ubuntu has sort of won the hearts and minds of the air quote younger developers and folk in the linux sphere so, so that, that doesn't surprise, it wouldn't surprise me at all that numerically Ubuntu would be possibly the most popular version of Linux if you look across all cloud environments. But again, yeah, I, I don't know where that number comes from either, and we don't have time to dig into that now. There's oh, another yeah. operating system that computer people use.
0: No, what, what, what? Not open
1: source. You're right, not open source. What is it, Mark? It would be it would be that the child of Bill Gates and his minions, of course, Microsoft Windows, which Microsoft Windows, most people probably have a Windows machine at home. You think? Uh, But, you know, the version of Windows you're running on your desktop is not necessarily the same version of Windows that will be in a data center or in a big company because Windows has server variants as well. And they have all sorts of other technologies wrapped into them. So if, if, you're, if you want to work, learn IT-level, you know, pre- enterprise-level Windows, then you've got to get your hands on enterprise-level Windows.
0: So what did right. your
1: research tell us about that, Nate?
0: So I also want to say that I have found that supporting Windows, although I have not done it in a long time, um, if you are supporting a current version of Windows and you are running a similarly versioned current version of Windows on your desktop, there are a lot of similarities, right? So There things, are, absolutely. You can learn the UI, you can poke around with PowerShell, you can do a bunch of things except for the enterprise-level services, the Active Directory stuff. If you want to learn that stuff, then you're going to have to get your hands on actual Windows Server. Uh, and to do right, that... I, I Sorry, go ahead. Blah. And no, I saw that at Merck,
1: because at the beginning of my career at Merck, I did desk side support, which was a mix of Mac OS and at the time, Windows NT, which then phased into Windows XP. And even though I had Windows at home, there was there was stuff that was happening at the enterprise level that I couldn't practice or replicate at home right. because it right. was two different, you know, there was a right. lot of stuff missing from from the home versions of Windows. And even if you bought the higher-level version for home, you didn't have the enterprise infrastructure in your house to support it. Well, if you did, you were a serious nerd.
0: Yeah, and, you know, some of us might have been in that particular boat. (laughs) All right, so if you want to run actual Windows Server at home without having to pay, I don't know what a a license for Windows Server costs nowadays, but I know it wasn't cheap when I was still working supporting Windows Server. Similar to RHEL, I think. Yeah. You can go to Microsoft's website. There's a link in the show notes here. There's actually a uh, a, sort of a free trial where you can run it. I think it's 60 days, but don't quote me on that. It might be 180. It might be more like 30. Um, I used this when I was actually trying to build a demo for a customer once. So I do know that it worked. However, now if you go to their website, it's not as easy to find. And in fact, I wasn't able to find... I was able to find references to free Windows, but I wasn't able to find the download link. Now, I spent 10 minutes on this. Hopefully, uh, if you go there, you can find it. However, there's another option. And we're going to talk a little bit about cloud providers later. But Azure, which, of course, is Microsoft's cloud. Azure. Azure. I don't know how to pronounce that, because Mark's going to make fun of me now that I can't pronounce Azure properly, right? No, Um, I'm saying it
1: intentionally stupid. I have no idea. No, I know. I,
0: I know that. Um. You can run Windows on Azure using their their free credit. You can get a free credit to start with, and we'll talk about that again later. So that might be another way to get it done. You don't even have to have hardware at that point. All you need, all you need to do is to set up a uh, uh, set up a, a an account with Azure. I think that requires a credit card, but it doesn't charge you anything until you've exhausted no doubt. your free trial, right? Um, Also, I have not tested this myself, but some folks have told me that you can run Windows Server. Just go download it just as though you're going to install it with a license key and just don't activate it. And it'll run. You can use that for learning, right? Which may be the same thing as the trial that I used. This is a couple years ago, and it's a little foggy. It doesn't lock exactly. It just nags you. There might be certain features that don't work properly. Uh, Maybe if you try to put it online, it does something funny. But... If, yeah. if you just need the lab on Windows Server, you could probably do it that way. And I don't know the legality of that. I'd imagine if you're not doing a production workload on the thing, no one's ever going to care or notice. I would
1: imagine there's enough nagware and crippled stuff if you don't activate with a certain amount of time that, you know, Microsoft probably builds it to you know to stop people from trying to do that. Yeah, I'm. And I, I'm
0: sure. I'm sure that you will run into limitations when you try to put things like into production on a non-activated Windows server. Well, how would it know? Well, I mean, it would know that it's not
1: activated, right? (laughs) Yeah, but how would it know you're trying to put things into production?
0: Right, right. Well, right, that's valid. That's valid. So Jscar says it looks like it's 180 days you can run for a few Windows servers. Yes, for 180 days you can run a few Windows servers. So, right, the magic number may be 180. So the person who told me, I think it was the mentor told me in our Discord when I asked about it, um... Discord! It's obligatory. I have to hit the button. Um, Absolutely. I think 180 sounds like the right number. Maybe he hadn't reached that. Maybe he knows better. If he does, he should hop into chat and tell us so. But anyway, uh, Windows. You can probably run it, maybe, for up to 180 days without paying for it. Uh, After that, I hope you've learned everything you need to start a job.
1: (laughs) Now, we've got some more interesting platforms, in my opinion, under that. Okay. Okay. So now we come to things like your virtualization and your container platforms, yep. because in the enterprise, the bare metal single box server with a single OS on it is becoming something that's less and less common. Right. So if you're a hobbyist, you owe it to you who wants to break into IT, right? That's that that's our that's the person we're talking to. Right. Likes, likes the idea of getting into IT and wants to practice for it, then you're going to want to know virtualization, which is the fine art of breaking one piece of hardware into many smaller machines, right. and or containerization, right. which is taking applications and putting them into much smaller pieces. But And those containers run... Uh, directly on an OS that supports containers, although once you've got more than a few containers in that situation, it becomes unmanageable. So usually the next step is some sort of container management platform such as Docker Swarm, Kubernetes, or OpenShift. See, I'm trying to be vendor neutral as much as possible. Right. But I did not mention Tanzu. Shit, I just mentioned Tanzu. Uh, Nobody Uh mentioned Tanzu.
0: <laughs> so, I think I just got a message from JScar with links to uh, where to go get Windows trial, but I'm not. I'm Swing. not going to distract the podcast Later. by doing that. I'll, I'll try to get them and throw them we're, in. If JScar, if you want to, if you can or cannot, throw them into uh, 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 the chat. Right. So we got a bunch to get through yet. So right, Red Hat OpenShift is one such platform. Uh, OpenShift. Of course, it's a container management platform. It's based on Kubernetes. If you want to get the real true Red Hat OpenShift experience, you're gonna to have to get Red Hat OpenShift, which I do not believe we have we may have trials for, but they're not there's not like a dev sub like there is for RHEL. Maybe there will be someday. Yeah. But for this, what you're what you're gonna need is an existing account with Red Hat, and you're gonna to have to ask your account rep for a trial. This assumes that you're not just in the situation of learning, though. This means that you're already working for someone who has an account. So that's not quite valid for the discussion that we're talking about. Mark looks like he's trying to say something. You trying to say something? More? Well,
1: <laughs> so so I know we've been talking about free or trial, but
0: if you must stand up
1: OpenShift, you could stand it up in one of the cloud providers. Yes. And it might be... Cheaper. I don't know <laughs> if it'll run on free tier, but it could certainly be
0: hourly. Right. But
1: yeah. but However, not.
0: the alternative to that is a project called OKD, which you're going to notice that all of the open source software that we talk about today, there's generally an upstream project. Sometimes it has the same name, sometimes it doesn't. In this case, it does not. I forget what OKD stands for, but OKD is the upstream of OpenShift. Now, there was a point when OpenShift 4 was released that OKD and OpenShift were not Uh, like OKD was still at version 3 and OpenShift was at version 4. I think that's been consolidated now. Somebody who knows more about OpenShift can feel free to correct me on that, but I'm pretty sure OKD today, if you were to get it, is the same thing as OpenShift 4, except it's ahead, right? And it's not as stable and yada, yada, yada. Uh, Insert all the usual open source disclaimers here.
1: I actually found something. online. Has a free tier.
0: Yes, OpenShift Online is a good way to use OpenShift, not to administer Absolutely. OpenShift, right? So if you're a developer who right. wants to learn how to build containers for OpenShift, that's a great way to do it.
1: Or it, it, I would argue that even if you're trying to get into the infrastructure side, it, it could be super handy to actually
0: see the product that you're going to end Absolutely. up
1: working on the infrastructure for.
0: Absolutely. One of the biggest so that, problems I have with OpenShift is that I do not have experience developing for OpenShift. So even if I could stand mm-hmm. it up and make it work, which I don't have hardware to do so on, I don't know what I would do with it. Like I know about containers. and right. I'm like this. I'm on the cusp, I think, where I could be like, yes, these things I run in containers now run on OpenShift. But I don't have the infrastructure to test that out with. So I'm in this boat right now, right? I don't have OpenShift to run on. I'd love to learn it more. Uh, but anyway, there ah. you go. That's OpenShift. So, so,
1: right. So if you want to actually see what OpenShift is as a user, you can check it out legit for free. Right. Red Hat does the heavy lifting of, of managing the clustering right. for it. So virtualization is an interesting situation. Um you have VMware here. I would say that actually the most popular virtualization thing I've seen for hobbyists is something like uh, VirtualBox. Yeah. Like the, or- the Oracle product.
0: Yeah, so I didn't really elaborate on all the various... I, I touched on VMware here, and then I in- had intended right, to kind of circle back and talk about things like LibVirt, KVM, uh, right. VirtualBox, Vim- things like that.
1: VMware is the realm of virtualization. Or the windows of virtualization, VMware is the enterprise platform. If you're trying to get into it, right? So that is the one to try and learn.
0: So VMware, uh, I was actually kind of surprised by this. I've always had this opinion that VMware is like the Microsoft of the virtualization world, and they want or the Oracle of the virtualization world. It seems like they're really not that bad. Uh, They have not as bad as Oracle. Not as bad. No one's as bad as Oracle, I suppose. Uh, But VMware has a surprising number of public demos and trials that you can go to and I put a link to that to the site where you can do that it's just vmware.com slash try um, there's also a bunch of online labs that you can just like tinker with stuff right there which is you kind of expect that's I guess cool. from a virtualization company right uh, so that's that's kind of cool there's lots of ways to get that done um, at least to, to tinker yeah. with it and I think this is still true however I wasn't able to get my hands on it. There used to be, and I think there's still there still is, right? The VMware hypervisor is VMware ESX or ESXi. There was a point where it was free. You could just go get ESXi, run it on a machine, and run VMs on it. The thing that was not free was vCenter or vSphere, which is the thing that makes, you, makes it clusterable, right? So in order to do that, you had to go buy it, right? I do not know if they still have that platform. I wasn't able to validate it. I found lots of information that said, yes, it still exists, but I wasn't able to find it on their website. So,
1: yeah, maybe it's they, still there. At least, they have their VMware Workstation Player, which is good for running a single virtual machine, and that's that can be used for free for non-commercial use. But that won't really help you with the enterprise-level VMware stuff, you know?
0: Yeah, so ESXi, the nice thing about it is it has all the features that you would be managing with vSphere minus the clustering, mm-hmm. right? So how do Man, I set up a vSwitch? How, how do I set up a VLAN? How do I uh, just run a VM? How do I set up storage? That's all stuff you're going to have to do in ESXi the same way that you Pl- would in vCenter or vSphere, right? Sorry. Right. Plenty to learn. Yeah. Right, and without these are needing
1: the, with, without needing to manage multiple clusters. Right,
0: and then what you'll what you will find is that when you are working in the job that runs vSphere or vCenter, all of the terminology is already familiar to you. You just have to learn how to do it with the clustering piece, right? So, yeah. which is different. Don't get me wrong, uh, it's not it's not like one for one, but you have the, the the basic underlying knowledge already, which is great. It's not that bad, right? So, um, let's see here. And like I said, there's lots of alternatives. We talked about um, VirtualBox. We talked about VMware Player. uh, LibVirt with KVM on top of pretty much any Linux distro nowadays. Uh, You can virtualize and learn some of the techniques you would use for virtualization. It just won't be the same terminology and the same interface that you would get with VMware uh, for free on top of that. Uh, RHEL or CentOS with the, the web console has a very nice management, uh, console for virtualization. That's I, that's so, how I
1: manage my home lab 99%. There's
0: right. a couple of virtualization tasks
1: you still need to drop the command line for, but most, most day-to-day stuff you can do with the web UI.
0: Right. Right. So, right. Right. All right, so uh, there's lots of other options for containerization and virtualization. Again, I didn't touch on all of them. I kind of touched on some of the big names. Uh, there's Kubernetes itself, if you don't want to do it with uh, with, with OpenShift. Um, there's Docker Swarm. Is Docker Swarm still alive anymore? I think it is. I, I presume I presume it is. Um, I was just
1: trying to be polite and mentioning it. I have there's no also
0: There's also just the base level Docker and Podman, right? And are there other container runtimes nowadays? There was... Rancher was it? Rancher was another one? No, Rancher uh, is another management platform. Uh, anyway, there's a bunch of options out there. Uh, let's see here. All right, so industry software, I touched on two. There are a billion and a half that I could have touched on. One of them is one that we mentioned earlier on and that's Red Hat Satellite. Uh, I only bring this up because if you're going to be running a large REL infrastructure, you're probably going to want to know Satellite so that you can manage that infrastructure, right? Uh, there's also things like Ansible Tower, which I didn't... Not Tower. It's Automation Platform now, which I didn't put in here, which I should have. Uh, I'll probably add some links for that. But first, let's finish talking about Satellite. Satellite is included with most RHEL subscriptions. It's not included with the RHEL development subscription, which is kind of unfortunate. But I guess I can understand why it's like that. Uh, that's for, that's yeah. mainly for developers, right? Not for like a having to manage a large fleet. Um, but... The good news is and when, as you could expect, there's an upstream project called Catello. Catello and Foreman essentially are the two major projects that come together to make satellite. If you run the Catello project, you basically have satellite with a different UI and less stable code base. Not as and not as many features. And for those of you who are like,
1: well, what the heck does satellite do? What's Nate mean by manage? Satellite's biggest job is to essentially provide a way to manage patching for systems. Uh, it also will let you deploy systems from bare metal from templating and it will let you run um var- it, it, you can also deploy uh, arbitrary remote execution jobs across your fleet using using uh, bash, using ansible and we've de- we're kind of deprecating puppet but for a long time puppet was the uh, the config management piece of it.
0: Yep. Yep. You might call it a lifecycle management tool. I think that's the right industry term for this. It,
1: yeah. But 99% of the use cases with satellite revolve around patching.
0: Right. Um, let's see. The next is the Big Behemoth Oracle. Their site suggests that there are trials available for the Oracle database, but I think it requires that you talk to an account rep. Honeypot! Or use their cloud. Honeypot! Right. So I'm thinking if you talk to an account rep, they're going to try to push you into buying Oracle. (laughs) But using their cloud, um, I don't know, if there's a free tier on their cloud, maybe you can learn Oracle there. To be honest, I feel like Oracle is the sort of thing that you're going to be getting specialized training on. This isn't the kind of thing that I would expect people to just dive into and learn for fun. And I think that seems to be the way Oracle wants it. So I don't know what to tell you here. Now
1: if you want to learn database stuff in general there are yes. plenty of open source SQL yep. databases that you can learn SQL and how to manage what's essentially right. in an enterprise an Oracle database. Right. So so you don't you don't necessarily need to buy Oracle or attract their attention right. to learn how to to manage SQL databases. There's MySQL, there's a PostgreSQL, there, there's 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 there's, there's yeah. options out there and I, th- I think both those projects are still alive right
0: yeah so maria db so my sequel was purchased by oracle because they had totally oh. good reasons to do so uh however the core i think it, if the story went i think that the core developer that, was that the split that led to maria yes the core developer basically said
1: maria he he flipped I his just met a database named the, maria
0: the story that I got is that he flipped his desk and walked out. He probably didn't. But yeah. uh, he, he basically spun off his own. Op- he forked the source for sequel, which is exactly what you can do with an open source project, uh, before Oracle got their, their claws into it. And he created yeah. MarioDB, which I believe is named after his daughter or maybe his wife. I think it's his daughter. Which is kind of a cool way to name software, I suppose. You know um, what?
1: If Oracle, if Oracle ever bought Red Hat, I'd totally flip the table. Yeah, right. Not then then even have, metaphorically. Yeah,
0: just. <laughs> 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 ah, so anyway, there's MariaDB, Postgres. I don't know how to pronounce this. Postgresql, Postgre, PostgreSQL. That thing In with the P and the SQL at the end. Yeah, PostgreSQL. There you go. Um, that does still exist. It's very much still in use. In fact, it's a piece of satellite. So, you know, it, it's obviously... Uh, it, it's, it's behind a lot of things that you uh, uh, probably don't even know it's back there. But that's another... Some people say that's that, that, that that's an open source competitor to Oracle. Like, that's that's how enterprise-ready it is, right? So, there you go. Fantastic. Um, and that's completely free. There's no company behind that, as far as I know. You can buy support so, from... What is it? Crunchy Data. I don't know. I don't so it's a anymore. project, not a product. Right. It's a project, not a product. Um, right. And, of course, there's lots of other database things, but we're not going to talk too much about those because we are already 45 minutes into this. I thought this was going to be like one of these softball things that we just were done in 15 minutes. Dude, we have, a, we have opinions. We do have opinions. All right. So the last category we have are software as a service solutions and cloud Providers, right? I just lumped them into one because they're kind of similar. You've got the big behemoth uh, Amazon Web Services, AWS. They have a free tier available. You sign up with a new email address that they don't know about (laughs) and have not already granted (laughs) the the free tier to. I believe you get a whole year of free tier level uh, services, right? There's basically, Hmm. I'll use EC2 as an example, they're bottom tier. Machine on EC2 is free tier capable. I believe there are both Windows and Linux variants of that, but don't hold me to the Windows side. Where you can just spin the thing up, run it as many hours as you want within uh, their cloud, and you get that free for a year. Which is a great way to go and learn how their interface works and how to work with with Amazon. And uh, And then you pay? Well, no, you you will pay at the end of a year, not like you pay for the year you used, but you will pay... I know, I understand that. Yeah. So the thing you want to be careful of is leveraging free tier on any of these providers and getting hooked to the point where you can't leave, Then, at the end of the year, you get hit with a $10,000 bill every month, right? Yeah. (laughs) Mark is mimicking mimicking that he's been hooked by a finger fish hook. Right. Yeah.
1: Ah, well, and and that's the thing about software as a service, right? It yeah. is and, yeah. and You could you could say the same thing about the fact that I pay Apple what is it like ten bucks a month for Apple Music? Yeah. And and if I ever stop that, I'll lose access to like all the song like mo- a lot of the songs on my on on my phone.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm the but same way with Spotify. So right. Frig- like I'm so used to it's so I just pay for nice. it. It's so friggin' nice. Yeah. Um, right. But. The other thing to consider with these cloud providers is that not only can you learn the service itself for free, you can learn the operating systems that you're using on them for free, right? So Amazon Linux is a whole lot like RHEL and CentOS. It feels a whole lot... You might even say that it's It's just a a clone. (laughs) It's a... a, No, it's a downstream rebuild.
1: Yeah, I guess that's what I meant. It's a... it's a da- it's legit. It's, it's open source. A, yeah, no, it's a no, downstream no. yeah. I know off. that.
0: I know that. I'm not saying they did anything nefarious. I'm saying that that's what that's probably what they did. They forked Rel oh, or CentOS yeah. or something, and now they've got Amazon Linux. Um, but it's a great way to just like get familiar with the command line and do things right. <laughs> uh, the next cloud provider is Google Google G- Compute G- Cloud, GCP. Um, same deal. Well, not the same deal. Same deal as the same get sentiment down with there. GCP. But there no, is. Get down with GCP. It looks like you can get... If Mark would stop singing. It looks like you can get a $300 credit, but I think it's time-limited, if I remember correctly. Uh, But you get a $300 credit to run on Google Compute Cloud GCP. Get down with GCP. Yeah, go ahead. Sing it again. Um... So that's another, I that's, can uh, hand over heart.
1: I've never used GCP. Neither have at I. At least not directly. Neither
0: have I. I so, assume
1: we're using it when we use like the Google apps and shit. Yeah, but I've never actually. I've never administered looked at a their, thing on it. I've I don't. Yeah, I've never used any of their EC2 equipment. I don't know things.
0: if you turn it on and you get a Linux prompt, or if you if you have some sort of a container based thing, because that, supposedly that's where Kubernetes not came clever. from. Came from gcp absolutely you know the work um i know done at google i know ed scotus runs the holiday hack challenge on top of google google compute oh he
1: does that's right
0: yeah so he's talked about it you know i don't know i don't know exactly what that i'm not saying they're bad i'm just saying i've
1: never used it like i've
0: been on i've been on amazon's console i've been on aziz console yeah what i and what i don't know is what you get for that 300 dollars credit Right, Like, what what kind of experience are you going to get? But if you're going to be working for a place that uses it, whatever experience you get is going to be valuable. Uh, Then there's Azure. Azure. You also can get a $200 credit there, but it only lasts for 30 days. Effectively, this is a 30-day trial. Because if if you use up a $200 credit in less than 30 days, you're doing it right. Or 30 30 days. Yeah, $200 or 30 days is basically what you get. Or $200 then. No, 30 days or $200. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, don't, don't think too hard, man. Your head's going to pop. Once one or the other is exhausted, your trial is over. So if you spend your $200 in one day, you're done. Uh, but mine yeah. Bitcoin or some shit like right. that. And that's probably why it's there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then there's also smaller providers like DigitalOcean. They've got a 60-day $100 trial. I can tell you that $100 on DigitalOcean can easily uh, get you past 60 days because they they are well-priced, I think. I use them myself. Um, you know, I really should have reached out to all these providers and gotten trial codes. I just thought of that. That would have been the sneaky... You mean give away on the show? That would have been the sneaky uh, make-iron-sys-admin-money way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I didn't do that, folks. Like that. These are all just links. All right. Uh, then there's Linode, which I know supports a ton of podcasts like us. You can probably find a cool promotion code for some podcast that you like. Uh, you can get a hundred dollar credit yeah. there. Maybe some of them are for more. I don't know, but you can go right to their website and get a hundred dollar credit.
1: They always. Have, I check them out. They have a bunch of promotions yeah. that apparently cycle
0: fairly regularly. I've I've kind of always wanted to try out Linode because they seem like uh, they well they're half they sound like Linux. Well, they are. That's what they are. They're they're basically a Linux cloud provider. Yeah. Uh, but I've always wanted to try them out. They seem like they're cool. They seem like they get it, is what I'm, what I'm they getting They seem at. like they're not evil like Amazon? They seem like they're not evil like Amazon. Although DigitalOcean has proven to not be too evil, so, you know, I don't mind them. Um, well, they're calm and soothing like the ocean. They're calm and soothing like the ocean. And they have a whale in their, their, their stuff. We have one left. We have, we have one left on the on the list here, Mark. One. I know we're losing you. <laughs> I was just doing the whale song. Uh, the last one is GitHub, and I included it because you might think GitHub is free, but um, there is... I've, used,
1: I've never paid him a dime. Well, there's an
0: enterprise tier, right? However, All right, well, to simply that get use GitHub, right... And push and pull code, and contribute to projects, and have an account, and have private and public repos. That's all free. So go use it. Uh, A lot of development teams use something similar to GitHub, if not directly GitHub. Uh, You won't get the, like, on-site private repos that you can get if you have Enterprise. Um, I did put a link to the Enterprise stuff so you can see what you get differently, but... I'm gonna recommend that if you're gonna be a developer or honestly, at this point, even someone managing infrastructure, you're gonna to wanna to be familiar with Git. And a good way to do that is, is to interact with GitHub. Right. So it's a it's good, good skill. Yeah, it is a good skill. I mean, if you're in infrastructure management and you're running, you're writing Ansible code, you're probably gonna work with Git just all there is to it. It's version control. You can version control it the same way that that you're going to version control some... Infrastructure as code.
1: Infrastructure as code. Magic words in all the clouds.
0: Magic. Magic (laughs) words. And, folks, that's the list. We probably missed a ton of things. The idea here... We absolutely missed a ton of things. The idea here was to give you a starting point, right? Uh, Once you've been through a couple of these things, you're going to be able to figure out how to go and find demos and trials of your own. I hope that these things have sort of spurred off like, hey, I'd really love to learn that thing that they just talked about. And if you do, go check it out in the show notes. Uh, if, uh, if we don't have a link in there, check us out, You know, or I should say contact us via either Twitter or join our Discord community. Discord! Discord! And we can talk about it there. Um, personally, I believe the best way to get into IT. And learn these things is to just get in there and get dirty. Get your hands on these things. Try them out. Figure out how they work. Do the thing. Do the thing. Do the thing
1: some more. Don't read about the thing. Don't
0: just read about the thing. Keep doing the thing. Do the thing. Do the thing thing over and over again. And you will eventually learn it. (sighs) I feel like I've talked a whole lot this part. You did. But it's okay. I'm almost out of... I don't want to call it a white... It's a white Ukrainian. I don't know if there's a different... Gasp! Is there is there a different drink called the White Ukrainian that I just trampled all over? It's a White Russian. Drink I have no idea that I it's don't a white want Russian. Russian anyway. Ah, oh, don't be like that. Don't be like what? Don't talk about Russian. We don't talk it up. Really <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I knew it. No, no. I knew it. We don't talk. <coughs> I knew it. All right, folks. So that concludes part one of the show. We hope it's not like it was a White Putin. He's the one you don't want to talk about. Like Putin. Yeah, I guess the Russians themselves aren't so bad. It's it's the guy no. leading them. Right. Why don't they just turn over their government or something?
1: It's because it's hard. The Russians are watching stuff like us that? now. Yeah, good. good totally. Hi.
0: Dasvidanya.
1: Sorry. Well, I don't know what I just said. It was something wrong. Is dasvidanya goodbye? I have no
0: idea. <laughs> I've heard it. I don't yeah. know what it means. <laughs> Anyway, folks, uh, that'll end the first part of the show. We're going to go to a break. Uh, if you are listening to the first part of the show and you want to hear us banter about stuff we're doing and kind of the news, you should tune into to Part B of the show. If we don't see you in Part B, then thank you for listening to Part A. If you want to support the show, yay, check us out on patreon.com slash You can buy shirts at Teespring. It's down here somewhere, teespring.com slash... I hear about this where, all again the, in part stup- You are. You are. But if you've only listened to part A, I want you to hear it because it's important. This is how you support the show, Mark. Don't you want people to support the show? Teespring.com slash stores slash Iron uh, Check us out on the social medias. You can find the Iron Sizzleman podcast. You're a smart person. I have faith in you, and we're going to go to a break. Um, Do the thing! I need to find can the button. the button, Frank? It's here somewhere. Here it is. Nope, no, here it is. All right, we're going. Push the button, Frank.